All right, how are you guys doing? Come on in, sit down, and relax. You're about to listen to Washington Football Crunch, your go-to source for Washington football culture. I am one of your three hosts. My name is Micah Chen. Check out myself, Luke Monger of Dogman.com, and WSU's Jackson Garner every single Tuesday. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts from. We're taking a little bit of a break from the regular format. The voice of the Huskies, Tony Castricone, joins the show. He has an inspiring story. He talks the hustle it took for him to get to this point, how he feels about replacing Bob Rondo, and what he's working on right now behind the scenes, all that and more right now. Okay, so we're here in Seattle, Washington. I'm Mike Chen, joined alongside my co-hosts Luke Monger and Jackson Gardner, and today we have a very special guest on the show. He is the voice of the Huskies, Tony Castricone. Now, some people might hear that and think, oh, he must be from Bellevue or someplace in the area, but that's not true. I believe that you are Ohio, born and raised. Yeah, I was born in Toledo. Uh, my family moved to Columbus when I was two. And um, I actually kind of credit that with being the reason that I'm so diehard, passionate about college sports in general, rather than, you know, NBA, NFL, that sort of thing, because Columbus, Ohio has Ohio State in its backyard. My dad went to Ohio State. And, um, you know, I just was exposed from a very early age to. The unique passion of college football as opposed to, you know, a high school football is huge in the state of Ohio as well. Mm-hmm, um, sure, the, yeah. the Pro Football mm-hmm. Hall of Fame is in Canton, about two hours from where I grew up. So uh, no question, you know, there, there's footballs in the cradle in, in the mm-hmm. state where I grew up. And uh, we really loved the, the amateurism of, of, of high school and college football. And so I just grew up a big college football and college basketball fan. And uh, I went to college at Ohio University, and uh, they have a great journalism school mm-hmm. there, and it was a chance for me to, to get a lot of practice. And through that whole entire time, I kind of thought, man, it'd be cool to be on SportsCenter. It'd be cool to do all these other things. But when I tried everything, and I was a sports editor of a newspaper, I was a TV anchor at a student TV station, of all the things I tried, I did talk shows. There's nothing that compared to doing play-by-play for me. I just absolutely wanted to do play-by-play and having the exposure to that and having the chance to work on that. And and just the feedback that I was getting from some of the professionals that I sought feedback from, they said, you're not too bad. You might want to stick with this a little bit. So uh, that was kind of the encouragement that that kind of led to me getting to where I am today, I guess. Because you had some prestigious positions, you know, as you were going through college and, you know, coming out. I mean, you were like the director of your sports radio station. Uh, you mm-hmm. got editor. You were on air, I believe, on television as well. Um, but play-by-play really was the thing for you, even though it might maybe a step down from where you were at that point so when you are doing uh, your other, you know, big-time roles, right? And the- Well, yeah, it was so funny because I just really sensed that uh, not only was there uh, – something that fit my natural skill set a little bit, but they're also uh, in, in, in the academic environment that I was in, in the university, there wasn't nearly as much competition. I mean, everybody wanted to be on TV, but not everybody wanted to go ride the bus for 12 hours to Northern Illinois University <laughs> to call a weekend series yeah. with a baseball yeah. team, you know? And I'm a freshman and I'm just like, yeah, let me do that. Excellent. That sounds great, sure. you know? Yeah. So, um, it was it was an exposure really early on to what college sports is like, you know, kind of the brotherhood of the teammates as they're mm-hmm. in the hotels together and how, you know, gosh, we used to bring old 
8-bit Nintendo entertainment <laughs> systems, oh, yeah. and we would play RBI Baseball in, in, in the motel as we're getting ready to play the weekend series yeah. and things like that. And, uh, you know, every time I would come across a pro athlete and interview them about their experiences, it's pretty universally regarded. Most of them say it's nothing like that brotherhood that you have at the college level and everybody's playing for a paycheck and everybody's kind of on their own. They eat on their own. Families they, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not this family feel that you have in college sports. And I've always loved and appreciated the the college game for, for some of those reasons. If you don't Absolutely. mind, uh, you said your dad was an Ohio State guy. Mm-hmm. Was it so was the, going to University of Ohio, was that because of the journalism school? Or yeah. Like how, is Ohio that- University's got a really good journalism school. And uh, I knew that I wanted to major in broadcasting pretty pretty much immediately. I mean, I I'd thought about I, – I ran track and cross country mm-hmm. when I was in high school. And, and my high school coach had a big influence on me. And I thought about maybe being a teacher, too. That was – that was a consideration, and maybe I would have gone to just a general mm-hmm. liberal arts degree if 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 uh, that was the path I would have chosen. But I was scooping ice cream at this ice cream store uh, where where I grew up, and for a while I was trying to decide what I want to do. And I would just say like, "Hey, welcome to Graders. I'm Tony. What can I get for you today?" <laughs> and like every day for like a week in a row, I would have someone say, "Man, that was." That was good. Yeah. You got a good voice. You should get into broadcasting someday. And so I just, I, I kind of took that as a sign. Like, I guess I'm going to go to Ohio and major in journalism. So, well, let's talk about some of those other interests because you know you brought up the cost cross country, and you know you wanted to be a teacher, I believe, or something in mathematics, uh, something in kind of in that mm-hmm. field. Uh, and you know, I mean, you're like a, you're a musical artist as well, and you're very strong in your faith. I mean, did any of these like challenge your life path? You know, as you're you know thinking about what you want to do with your life. I mean, musical artist. That's a pretty loose definition. <laughs> Uh-huh. We're going to put me in that category. Like, I'll take it. That's oh, yeah. you're being generous. generous. Yeah, you're being generous with your description there. I think, um, yeah, I, I, I've always found uh, a lot of different things interesting. And uh, music certainly one of them. I love the art of songwriting. I've always thought it's pretty cool how, like, a great song, it doesn't really matter if it's fully produced the way that you hear it on the radio. Or if you hear it in a bar stripped down with just like just a vocal and a guitar, just a vocal and a piano, like a great song will still move you the same way. A great song is a great song no matter what. And what makes a song great is the melody and uh, the narrative that's told through the lyrics and uh, the way that the way that it, like you just evoke this emotion out of thin air. And so I've always found that interesting. Um, you know, uh, I've always found the 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 great questions of life, like what is the meaning of it all? What are we doing here? Like I've always found that interesting too. So, um, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot that piques my interest and I feel like everybody should, uh, pursue multiple things, not just go all in with one because, um, Mm -hmm. you know, who knows what's where you're going to find your competitive advantage in life. Mm -hmm. And, I think being a well-rounded person is is a healthy balance. So that's so what I strive you, for. You wouldn't consider yourself a musical artist, but would you be able to pick up the mic when push comes to shove? Put and on be a able, show. And be able yeah. to put on a show. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I'm trying to decide like where where you are in your like musical talent. You've, you've written like, some songs, I believe. Yeah. So I think you know when it comes to music, for me, what was really um, where I found my competitive advantage in this music industry that I loved but wasn't so talented at was I did I did find out that um, 
you can take classes or you can join organizations. I joined Nashville Songwriters Association International, and they actually teach you how to write songs. Like there's an art to it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. also a little bit of a, of a science. Like there are some things that are objectively good and objectively bad. Yeah. And so learning how not to do the bad things, learning how to do the good things, and um, just taking a crack at it. You, you're a little bit vulnerable. You write about something that you observe or that, that means something to you, and, and you, you try to give it a crack, and then you get constructive feedback, and there's roundtable, kind of like what we're doing here, and people will say, uh, man, this, this didn't really do it mm-hmm. for me, but, man, this line is killer, and here's the reasons why. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and you get to hone your craft in a way where uh, eventually – you can come up with, you can surprise yourself. You can be the best that you can be, right? The old John Wooden axiom, be yeah. the best that you can possibly be. And so um, that's that's kind of what I really loved about songwriting is I felt like I at least got to the point where I, I had some songs that I was proud of and songs mm-hmm. that were fairly close to getting cut by some pretty major artists. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to do, but... Now, if you want me to sing them, eh, it might yeah. not be all that impressive. <laughs> but if if you get somebody else yeah. who's a really talented artist to sing them, that could be what, pretty cool. Did you did you have a particular genre that you wrote, or you know, I was really into country because a country is like um, is that a thing in Ohio? Is that the a storytelling genre? Yeah, it's yeah. a storytelling genre for sure. And um, you know, I, th- I think commercial country now, you know, has kind of been put in there. There's there's divisions within country. There's this yeah. bro country, you know, right, that's yeah, like the, the, the radio hits, stuff, yeah. the mainstream hits. <laughs> mm. And then there's kind of like this renaissance of the old school storytellers, yeah. like Jason Isbell, Chris Stapleton. Mm-hmm. Eric Church is kind of, mm-hmm. he's found a way to be popular, but still tell great stories. Not sold out yet. Yeah. And I think those are the guys that really inspired mm-hmm. me. Cool. Yeah, well, well sure. you are the voice of UW, the UW Huskies. Like, mm-hmm. you, got, you got a voice here. And, but to get to that point, nobody just jumps into that position. Oh, I mean, you, <laughs> you probably worked, you worked many, many years to get to this point. And, you know, you start off, uh, you know, you're doing high school events. You're traveling mm-hmm. the country. I mean, when you're sitting in that high school booth and you're kind of reflecting on, like, where I could be one day, do you ever think, like, there could be no prize at the end of this long journey? Absolutely. And I think that's important that everybody realize that when they set out to accomplish their dreams, that you enjoy the ride. I mean, it's 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 the journey, not the destination. Like that's the old cliche. But if you're going to be miserable on the journey, then don't do it because there's no promises at the end of the at the end of the journey. And and so I think you have to do it as long as you can still enjoy doing it. And and I was fortunate mm-hmm. that um I was always, I was, well, I was always enjoying it enough, you know, <laughs> that, that it was worth it to continue for me. And also, I've got some friends that, that we've got a really kind of unique perspective on life. Like when we have a bad day, and I mean a truly bad day that might turn some people bitter and sour, we call each other up and just laugh about mm-hmm. it. Like, I mean, we just laugh at our misfortune and... Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, like, there were games. There's one game in particular that I'll never forget. I mean, I was making 75 bucks a game plus gas mileage. Mm-hmm. And it was a uh, high, school, high school called Galax High in southwest Virginia. And they were playing at Narrows High School in Narrows, Virginia. It's way up on the Virginia-West Virginia border. And it was about a three-hour drive. And it was like spitting rain, and it was 34 degrees, like chunky rain. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. like it hurts. Still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so we get there. Uh, 
I get there. I was doing the football game by myself. And uh, they didn't have room for me in the press box. So they're oh, like, oh, no, on top of the press box. Like, no. they, they gave me a ladder and they're like, go ahead, <laughs> climb up to the top of the press box. So I take my equipment up there, which is, I mean, the stuff you guys here have is infinitely more sophisticated <laughs> than what I had. No, I absolutely. Had, I had a stick mic and a, a cell phone and a Bluetooth device that connected the <laughs> yeah. two of them. Yeah. And um, I had rosters and no other information. And I was using my coat to cover the equipment so it wouldn't get wet. So I'm getting rained on, and it's 33 degrees, and my rosters, inks, <laughs> the ink is bleeding because the rosters are getting wet. No plastic on that. And <laughs> in the second quarter, the scoreboard shorts out, and it's just dark. And so I'm guessing down in distance. I'm, I'm trying to remember the score. I'm, yeah. I have no idea how much time is left in the quarter. Yeah. And I call this game uh, sure that I'm going to get pneumonia. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I'm just like waiting for it. I load everything up in the car. I drive home down the windy road and I hit a deer. No chance. <laughs> Absolutely. All true. Everything there happened oh in real gosh. life. Murphy's so, laws. So, like, you could experience something like that and it could break you, right? Or you can experience something like that and be like, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's yeah. part of the story. Like, like, I'm willing to show up next week. Yeah. Like, I'm still yeah. willing to. That's crazy. And, and I, think, I think as long as you can tolerate those highs and lows, mm-hmm. With the kind of attitude that doesn't kill your spirit or make you bitter or resentful or any of those negative things in life, mm-hmm. as long as you can have positivity about it, then go for it. Uh, I think everybody outgrows that at some point too, mm-hmm. and that's probably healthy. I was fortunate that before I outgrew that, I I, I got the job that I wanted. Got picked so, up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, so I guess kind of moving on to the job that you wanted tell us about like kind of talking to you before this you said it kind of came in the nick of time Mm -hmm. how does a job like this come about what was your process of getting selected to be washington's new football and basketball play-by-play guy yeah really interesting process and i think it was um i can see that it was like years in the making um so I was doing talk shows. I was doing talk radio and sports updates, and I got laid off my job, actually, mm. in, a, in a round of layoffs. Uh, I was working in Columbus, Ohio. And I was really kind of scared about, you know, what do I do? It's, it's hard to get a job in sports media. But at the same time, I saw it as a blessing in disguise because I wasn't doing any play-by-play, and I wanted to mm-hmm. do it really mm-hmm. badly. So I took a leap of faith and, and applied for – a part-time position in North Carolina at the IMG College headquarters. And it was actually Matt Chasnow, the voice of the Cougars, who offered me that part-time job mm. in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so um, I come down to work for Chaz, and he gives me like this part-time production work to do as he's overseeing the Pac-10 conference schools at the time. And uh, he says, while you're at it, We'll, we'll have you studio host for Bob Rondo and the Washington Huskies. So this is back in 2010. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm getting to know Bob and Damon and Jason and all the you know key players yeah, on, on that sure. broadcast. Absolutely. And doing scoreboard updates and all that sort of thing. And then from there, uh, you know, I, I got promoted to full-time. And as part of my full-time duties at IMG, I had the chance to fill in on some play-by-play games. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting uh, some Division One experience and all that stuff. And so that evolved into me applying for a 
freelance position is Clemson's play-by-play announcer for men's basketball only. Mm-hmm. Clemson's about three and a half hours from where I live yeah. in, in mm-hmm. Winston-Salem, so a lot of commuting, like seven-hour wow. round trip to the home game against Wofford, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then I did that for three years, and then mm. Bob announced his retirement, and I was like, okay, this is this is mm-hmm. like one of the top five in the country. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is this is one of the ones you really, really want. So I just expressed my interest right away, and I submitted some tapes mm-hmm. of the games that I'd done. I submitted a tape of a Clemson-North Carolina basketball game. I submitted a tape of um, – I had called for SiriusXM. I'd called the American Conference Championship game. It was Temple versus Navy football mm-hmm. in Annapolis. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I just submitted the tape, hoping they'd like it enough to just want to continue the conversation. And they did. Uh, we did some Skype conversations, mm-hmm. and then after that they flew me out. And it was a grueling eight-person, six-hour interview yeah. where I met everybody from Jen Cohn to Coach Pete to Coach Hop and wow. Uh, wow. a lot of the associate mm-hmm. ADs, the SIDs, and it was just like yeah. murderer's row. Like, like, yeah. If one interaction up. goes wrong, this might like it's like is that kind of how it was the format? Like, I, if- I think you know at at that point for both of us, it's they you know they had heard my tape, so they mm-hmm. probably knew that they were comfortable with how I sounded on the radio. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes like, do we have an do we have a values alignment? Uh, is this a place that he really wants to work? Is he someone we want to work with, and yeah. vice versa? Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, for me, instantly, as soon mm-hmm. as I landed in the city of Seattle and on the way down saw Mount Rainier, yeah, and it was in August and I saw the sun shining and like this incredible landscape, this beautiful campus. And then I met the people. I mean, Jen is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. No, she's the coolest. Uh, Coach Pete was awesome. He gave me 45 minutes of his time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, like, you know, I just felt at home with the people right away. Yeah, for And sure. I was like, this is a place I want to be. And I was fortunate to be offered the job. Yeah, for sure. So what at what point did it, it set in? Like, was it during the process? You're like, okay, like, I'm going to be... I'm getting this job, or, or or was it until? Like, did you 